Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Thursday. And here's a bit of a fun news nugget to make your day even better. This week really could not be going better for the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, winners of four out of their last five. They're playing better on both ends of the ball. But think about it this way. On Monday, the Grizzlies beat their biggest rival in the New Orleans Pelicans. On Tuesday, they beat another rival soundly. They kicked the Dallas Mavericks' ass. And because the Grizzlies pissed off the Mavericks on Tuesday, the Mavericks didn't turn around. They kicked the Pelicans' ass on Wednesday and officially eliminate the Pelicans from playoff contention. How awesome of a start of a week is it for the Grizzlies? And I hope that you can say the same about your week. I know I can, but I thank you for making Locked on Grizzlies a part of your week. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. The podcast, wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. In today's show, in the first segment, we're going to talk a bit about Ja Moran. The thing about it is many, it may have taken longer than many had hoped for Ja to take that noticeable second year leap statistically for his career, for his sophomore season, but there are indications that he actually has over the last third of the season. We'll talk about that in the first segment. The second segment, a bit of a Memphis Grizzlies rooting guide for the last four days of the season, looking at all the different teams that impact the Grizzlies and their potential play-in setup, and looking at the best outcomes for those games for the Grizzlies to have the best chance at the playoffs. And in the third segment, we'll look at tonight's matchup against the um, Sacramento Kings, a game that means a lot actually for both teams, maybe more than many expect. We'll talk about in the third segment of the show. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. I've been doing the, covering the Grizzlies for three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. I've been with Locked On for a little over a year. This is my first season, and it's been an absolute blessing. I feel it's going to be the first of many seasons that I'll be with you covering the Grizzlies. And the thing about it is the reason why I love doing it, it gives me an opportunity to talk about things that I'm passionate about and to interact with others who share those same passions that I do. One of the best ways I get to do that is through the Locker Room app, the title sponsor of our show. Every Thursday, we will be on the Locker Room app doing our Let's Talk Grizzness weekly episode, talking about all things Grizzlies, obviously, with plenty to talk about tonight during the Grizzlies-Kings game and the Grizzlies' pursuit of their playoff goals. But when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, it all starts with John Morant. And the thing about it is this, is that I think that we need to separate John Morant's season into two different categories. I feel like that one thing that needs to be made clear is that when it comes to John Morant, measuring the outside-the-box score intangibles, whatever you call them, they matter with Ja Morant. When it comes to Ja being a leader, creating an atmosphere where players love to play with him and they know that through playing with him they get better, helping his team exceed expectations, and just overall doing the things that need to be done, knowing when to turn it on individually or when to kind of be in a supporting role, Ja has stepped up, especially overall as a leader. Those are things that when it comes to Ja, I truly feel separate him from other stars his age. There are very few who have the brand, the leadership, and just the overall mentality of leading his team to where they want to go than John Morant at his age. So I think on that, in that aspect of things, John Morant has certainly continued to shine and is a true budding superstar in this league. 
But I do think it's also fair to question, you know, whether Jaw has actually taken a significant step forward this in his sophomore season from his rookie season. And I would agree that that was certainly a question that you probably could answer no, he hasn't, at least through April 1st of this year. And a couple of reasons why are his early season ankle injury. I think it took him a bit longer to heal from that than he or the team may have alluded to. And also, it happened to be with him being able to make his three-point shot a reliable and comfortable part of his offensive game. It took him a while to be able to get that done this year, but I do think the date of April 1st is when Jaw turned the corner. And while he has not made that second-year progression many had hoped he would all season, I do think that at least since April 1st, he has turned the corner, and the numbers indicate that the Jaw that we've seen since April 1st is relevantly, and in my opinion, significantly better than the Jaw that we saw prior to then. And here's why the numbers suggest that. When it comes to Jaw and his production before April 1st versus after April 1st, Before April 1st, John Morant was shooting 44.3% from the field, 24.2% from three, and he was averaging 3.4 rebounds, 7.5 assists, and 2.9 turnovers. So Jaw's assist-to-turnover ratio was impressive. He was still finding success getting to the rim and producing at the rim to a level that made him elite at doing that compared to most point guards. But the thing was, was that his overall offensive production took a bit of a step back. Because when you look at Jaw before April of this year, A quarter of his shots, 25% of his shots, were from three. Last year, only 20% of his shots were from three. And because Jaw was was making under 25% of his total threes, but yet he was taking more, that was making his overall offensive game less than it was his rookie season. So he was trying to expand his game. He was trying to incorporate the three-point shot as being a bigger part of his game, but because he was struggling so badly from three, it made his overall offensive game less effective. And it showed in his in his shot selection ability before April 1st, Jaw had a 47.1 effective field goal percentage and a 52.9% true shooting percentage. Not that those are necessarily a detriment, but they certainly are not adding a lot of value when it comes to the shot selection and the effectiveness of the shots that he's taken. So overall, he certainly was not where many had hoped he would be offensively before April 1st. But since April 1st, John Morant has certainly stepped up. Since April 1st, his field goal percentage has gone from 44.3% before April to 46.8 cents. He has gone from 3.4 rebounds per game to 4.9. His assist-to-turnover ratio has taken a bit of a step back. Before April, he was at 7.5 assists per game and 2.9 assists. After April, he was he's at 7.2 assists and 3.5 turnovers. So his ability to make the right decisions with the ball have taken a bit of a step back, but that occurs as his usage rate has continued to increase as well. But the big area where John Morant has taken a step forward is that before April, he shot 24.2% from three on a little over four attempts per game. Since April 1st, Jaw is shooting 39.8% from three. And when it comes to his effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage, before April, he was at 47.1% for effective field goal percentage, 52.9% when it came to true shooting percentage. After April, he's at 52.5% effective field goal percentage and at 56.3% 
true shooting percentage. So you see when it comes to Jaw and his production, his overall points per game have not have not gone up that much because he's taking a bit um, a few less shots per game. But the quality of his shot selection, his consistency from three, and the balance of his offensive game have all certainly improved. He also was averaging about six free throw attempts per game. On the season is right around 77 per, excuse me, right around 75%. That certainly, you probably would like to see him make a bit more free throws, though he's getting to the line, you know, at a pretty good rate. But in general, because his three point shot has taken a significant step forward, his overall offensive game has taken a significant step forward as well. And so while it hasn't been all season like many had hoped, Ja did turn a corner statistically. On April 1st. And if he winds up putting a season like this together for the entire season next year, that's really when you start to see Jaw enter into that all-star conversation, especially as he becomes more efficient and effective at other parts of his game. The assist-to-turnover ratios, obviously getting to the foul lines, things such as that. As those continue to get better naturally with age, if Jaw has taken a step forward to where he can consistently maybe shoot 36% or better from three to complement what he does getting into the paint and playmaking, that's the type of player that turns into an all-star. Since April 1st, the only players, along with Jaw, who are averaging 17 points a game, 7 assists a game, and are shooting 39% or better from 3 on at least three on at least 4 three-point attempts per game, the only three players who have done that since April 1st are Chris Paul, John Morant, and Jeru Holiday. So if you wanted so if you were someone who wanted to see Jaw, if you wanted to be convinced Jaw had it in him that he could get to an all-star level in his sophomore season, if you've been watching him since April 1st, the numbers suggest that he is on a level that other previous all-stars are on. And that is what's so exciting about going forward. If we could get this version of Jaw going forward on a consistent basis, that's the type of Jaw Morant that will allow for him to be in the all-star conversation starting next season. And that is the type of Jaw Morant that will put this Grizzlies team in the conversation for a guaranteed playoff spot instead of just a playoff spot. So yes, it or play-in spot. So yes, while it took a while... John Morant, the next evolution of John Morant is occurring before our eyes and it is allowing for him to play at the needed level that we need for him to play for this team to realize their goals are making the playoffs but also to take that next evolutionary step, step on his path to being a superstar. So patience pays off. Jock has always said, I'm going to keep shooting, I'm going to keep shooting and it certainly has paid off. The version of Jaw that we're seeing now is significantly better than the version of saw the version of jaw we saw earlier this season and it's paying dividends for both him and the Grizzlies. But speaking of the Grizzlies, there are many things that they not necessarily need to happen for them to make the play, and they already obviously have. But while they do control their own destiny, there are a few things that can happen externally that could allow for them to have a desirable desirable journey to the playoffs coming up next week. Coming up I'm going to talk about a rooting guide for Memphis Grizzlies fans. We're going to look at the day-by-day games that impact the Grizzlies and who we'd like to win for the Grizzlies to have the most desirable chance at their playoff goals. Spring already here in the summer right around the corner. I'm sure that means that you and your family are probably out and about more than you have been 
during the fall and winter. And if that's the case, you want to make sure that your car is in good working order. But if it's not, you need auto parts. There's no better place for you than rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a great place for a variety of reasons. Easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you should find what you need. And I can say that with confidence because regardless of the make and model or the part that you need, rockauto.com is likely to have it. Whether you're someone who needs someone else to do your repairs, you can do your own repairs, or you do car repairs for a living for others, rockauto.com is great for you because it's a very cost-effective setup. This is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that car parts typically fall out of budget, so they try to make things as economically feasible as possible for you to use them as a resource. When you go to rockauto.com, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need, visit rockauto.com today. So obviously the Grizzlies will play their 70th game of the season tonight. So the Grizzlies franchise and their fans certainly still have plenty of cheer for when it comes to the Grizzlies themselves this season. But there also is plenty of other reason to pay attention elsewhere in the NBA with now four days left when it comes to the regular season. Because while it's obvious that the um, you know it, we have a good idea of how the four spots in the play-in tournament are going to be. We have a good idea of who's going to be in those four spots. None of the spots are actually guaranteed as of right now. So I wanted to create a day-by-day rooting guide of the most advantageous setup for the Grizzlies that would allow for them to make the playoffs. Going day-by-day, looking at the games each day, starting tonight, going through Sunday, of the best scenarios for the Grizzlies for them to have the best shot at making the playoffs. Now, obviously, it actually started with last night. In the five through seven spot, where the Mavericks, where Portland, the Mavericks, and the Lakers were separated by one game, all three of them had a game. All three, as as of this recording, the Mavericks beat the Pelicans. Obviously, the Trailblazers beat the Jazz, and the Lakers are in a pretty you know pretty tight matchup with the Rockets. We'll assume that the Lakers will beat the Rockets at the end. So if all three of these teams win. It'll still be Portland in the fifth spot, Dallas in the sixth spot, as well as the Lakers a game behind in the seventh spot. The Warriors are basically likely going to be in that eighth spot through the uh, through Sunday. Uh, whether it's tied with the Grizzlies or whatever, the Grizzlies only are the Warriors only have one game left. It'll be against a depleted Pelicans team. The Warriors are going to stay in that eighth spot. If the Grizzlies can win their game tonight against the Kings, they will then make Friday's games for both the Warriors and Memphis meaningless because at that point, everything's going to come down to Sunday. And then the Spurs for that 10th spot, they had a chance to earn the 10th spot Wednesday night, but they got beat by the Nets. So it's now actually the Grizzlies who control the destiny of the Spurs and themselves going forward. We'll get into that in a bit in the third segment. So it seems like that really the best guarantee of a spot right now is the Warriors in the eighth spot. And obviously if the Grizzlies can win tonight, that'll mean that the Sunday game between the Grizzlies and the Warriors will basically determine the eighth and ninth spot in the West. But let's do a day-by-day breakdown of games that involve all these teams that works out the best scenario for the Grizzlies. When it comes to Thursday, the meaningful games that we see are the Knicks versus the Spurs the Grizzlies versus the Kings, and the Trailblazers versus the Suns. The outcome that I want in those games are the Knicks beating the Spurs, the Grizzlies beating the Kings, and the Suns beating the Trailblazers. If that occurs, the Spurs get the 10th spot, 
The Grizzlies secure that they'll either get the ninth or eighth spot and they'll be able to rest players on Friday to get ready for their meaningful game against Golden State on Sunday. And if the Suns beat the Trailblazers, that means that the Trailblazers have a better shot of getting the seventh spot. On Friday, the meaningful games are the Raptors playing the Mavericks and then the Kings playing the Grizzlies and the Pelicans playing the Warriors. But remember, if the Grizzlies win their game tonight against the Kings... That means that they basically are now tied with the Warriors. And regardless of who wins or loses the Warriors game and the Grizzlies game on Friday, they, the, the, the outcome of the Sunday game, these Friday games are meaningless because whoever wins Sunday's game will still be the 8th place team and the loser will be the ninth place team, obviously. So the only really meaningful game, in my opinion, on Friday that matters is when the Raptors play the Mavericks. And I want the Raptors to win. Because again, if they win, the Mavericks have a better chance of getting that seventh spot. So on Friday, sure, we want the Grizzlies to win. Let's let the Warriors lose and hope the Raptors win as well. On Saturday, the Lakers will actually play at Indiana and the Spur and the Suns will visit the Spurs. In this setup, let's assume the Spurs have already got the 10th spot. But we want them to have as little momentum as possible. Go Suns on Saturday. For the Lakers versus the Pacers, the hope is that the Lakers win. Go Lakers. So for Saturday, my hope is the Lakers beat the Pacers and the Suns beat the Spurs. And then obviously Sunday is the meaningful game for everyone. Now obviously on Sunday, we want the Grizzlies to be able to beat the Warriors because their path to the playoffs is going to be, in my opinion, much more likely in the eighth from the eighth spot due to travel and obviously odds than it would be in the ninth spot. But regardless of that, the Grizzlies will either finish Sunday in the eighth or ninth spot. That's that's obviously their scenario. But the other scenarios that we want to see occur: the Mavericks play a Timberwolves team that obviously has been playing better than many have anticipated. They're playing far better than the record indicates. We saw that last week. Let's have the Timberwolves beat the Mavericks. The Lakers play the Pelicans. I hope the Lakers beat the Pelicans by 50. The Spurs welcome the Suns again. Hopefully the Suns will wind up beating the Spurs to again have the Spurs having as little momentum as possible. And then the Nuggets face the Trailblazers. Go Nuggets. So on Sunday, we're hoping the Lakers win, the Trailblazers and Mavericks lose, obviously the Grizzlies win, and the Suns beat the Spurs. I hope it plays out this specific way where the Spurs lose their remaining games, the Trailblazers and Mavericks lose their remaining games, and the Lakers win their remaining games. Well, the, the idea is simple. Number one, with the Lakers winning their remaining games, they get the fifth or sixth spot. They're no longer in the play-in tournament. I think that about of all the teams that could finish in the seventh spot and that the Grizzlies may have to potentially in the play-in tournament, the Lakers are clearly the best team. And having to go to L.A. in either a 7-8 game or an elimination game, I just think that's going to be a tall task for this Grizzlies team. So the Lakers finishing in the 5th or 6th spot, that certainly improves the Grizzlies' chances of making the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, if this Grizzlies team is going to make the playoffs, say we, they, we, they beat the Kings tonight as we all hope, then Friday night's game is meaningless. What that leaves then is that the Grizzlies are going to have to go to the playoffs through one of two scenarios. They're going to have to win two games next week on the road, first at Golden State, and then either at Portland or Dallas in the scenario I've created to be able to make the playoffs. That's their first avenue. The second avenue is that they, if they lose at Golden State, they're then going to have to beat San Antonio at home 
and then either go to Portland, Dallas, or Golden State in a third game to make it to the playoffs. The whole reason why I hope that the Lakers win out and that Portland, San Antonio, and Dallas lose is because then Portland, Dallas, and San Antonio are entering the play-in tournament with a lack of momentum in a negative way. That also eliminates the the Lakers from being in the play-in tournament. And then with the Grizzlies having to win at least two away games next week to make the playoffs, I feel much more confident about their ability to do it either in Golden State, Dallas, and Portland than I do them pulling off a win in L.A. So that's the rooting guide that I have created. If you want to call me afraid of L.A., go ahead. My whole goal is to give the Grizzlies the best chance to make the playoffs, and I feel much more comfortable of them going either to Golden State for a second time, Portland or Dallas for a first time, and being able to pull off a needed win to get to the playoffs than I do them going to L.A. So that's my rooting guide for the Grizzlies for the rest of this week. But that all doesn't matter if the Grizzlies don't take care of business tonight, because then that changes things. The focus tonight is for the Grizzlies to win, and it's a game in which both teams actually still have playoff odds on the line. Coming up, we'll discuss the secret to success for tonight's game, a game that's got a bit more on the line for both teams than many may have anticipated 48 hours ago. Someone that enjoys wagering and betting on sports, I've got the place that has you covered, and that is betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action bet online. But it's not just baseball season, obviously, but the NBA and NHL seasons are in their final few days before the playoffs begin. Plenty of exciting times to enjoy betting and wagering when it comes to adding to your fandom. Get all the news, latest uh, news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use the mobile device and use the promo code LOCKEDON to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, will the Dallas Cowboys start the season 0-2? That's the question of the day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So as we had mentioned in the second segment, plenty of different scenarios could still play out when it comes to actually the 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 positions in the Western Conference. You've actually still got seven teams teams vying for those six spots. And while we are pretty certain that of who are going to fill some of those spots, tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies and the Sacramento Kings are actually one of the more important games remaining on the schedule in terms of determining which of those seven teams will get those final six spots. As I mentioned in the second segment of the show, The San Antonio Spurs had the opportunity last night to win and earn the final play-in spot in the West, but they didn't. The Nets beat them last night. So the Sacramento Kings are actually still alive to have an opportunity to get that 10th spot in the West. thing about it is, though, is that they have to win their final three games while the Spurs would need to lose all three of their final three games. Problem for the Kings is, is that they're facing a Grizzlies team who needs to win tonight so that they have the ability to make the Grizzlies and Warriors game on Sunday meaningful as a showdown to determine the 8th and ninth spot. 
So in actuality, both teams tonight, both the Grizzlies and Kings, are still fighting for their playoff positioning. The Kings for their playoff lives, and the Grizzlies, obviously, for their ability to have the best chance to get that eighth spot in the West. But when it comes to this Grizzlies-Kings matchup, obviously, the big setup is this, is that the Grizzlies are actually, they're obviously the more talented team but they're also going to be entering this game much healthier than the Sacramento Kings will be entering this game. The Grizzlies hopefully will have Jonas Valanciunas back. He's listed as questionable. Should be back in an action. Uh, that's what Taylor Jenkins had mentioned on Tuesday. Jaron Jackson Jr. is off the injury report. The only two that we know are out are Grayson Allen due to you know coming back from his abdominal injury and Sean McDermott. But when it comes to the Kings, that could not as easily be said. Because they are missing several of their key players, at least as of right now, the recording of this podcast. They're certainly without Tyrese Halliburton, who's out for the rest of the season. Harrison Barnes, who's been a key to their success at times this year, his playing ability for tonight's game is still up in the air as well. It seems as if many have thought that he may be out for tonight's game. That will be determined, obviously, you know, later on in the day. And then, of course, De'Aaron Fox who obviously has been the engine who has made this Kings successful at times this season, he has been ruled out. So the Kings potentially will be without Harrison Barnes, De'Aaron Fox, and Tyrese Halliburton, three players who you easily could argue have been their three most important players this season. But even with those three players out, this Kings team is still not just you know an easy win for the Grizzlies. Yes, this should be a game that the Grizzlies win. But I don't think it's on the level of when the Grizzlies have played the Raptors, when they played the Pistons, when they played the Magic as of late. This Kings team has been without Fox, Halliburton, and Barnes for many of their recent games. And yet, over their past 10 games, this Kings team has the 12th best offensive rating in basketball. A few of the reasons why they've been so good is that the Sacramento Kings in terms of point that they're 20th in points scored per game over their past 10 games. In terms of field goal percentage, they actually are 8th in the NBA over their past 10 games in field goal percentage. And a big reason why they're 8th is because they are making 12.53s per game on nearly 37.5% shooting. The, the Sacramento Kings are 10th in the NBA in 3-point field goal percentage over their past 10 games, and they also are averaging 12.5% or 12.53s per game. That's a very important development in this game because as we had mentioned coming into to Tuesday's game for the Grizzlies, in their previous 10 games, they were 22nd in the league in three points made per or they were 29th in the league in three-point shooting percentage. So you have a team trending up in Sacramento when it comes to shooting the three entering tonight's game versus a Grizzlies team that certainly has struggled from it, though they did have a very good night on Tuesday. At the end of the day, what's going to make the difference for the Grizzlies to get the victory that they need tonight in order to have the chance to rest some folks on Friday, they're going to simply have to shoot and defend the three. They're either going to have to dominate the paint or be effective enough in the paint to where they can have a successful night shooting the three. Because if the Grizzlies can do that, if they can do one of those two things, that then frees up the roster to be able to focus on defending the three. If the Grizzlies can keep this Sacramento team from getting into a groove, getting having a hot night from three, I really like the Grizzlies' chances to win. 
I know I always say it comes down to shooting and defending the three, but if this Grizzlies team can limit Sacramento's effectiveness from three and then either have their own success shooting the three or at the very least make enough threes based off how productive they are in the paint, this Grizzlies team has a chance to win. DeLone Wright has stepped into a starting role and has really played well for this Kings team. So, you know, kind of limiting him. You know, we know that DeLone Wright plays very well towards the ends of seasons as he did for the Grizzlies back in the 2018-2019 season. But the key for this Grizzlies team tonight is getting back on track defending the three. What they did on Tuesday night, they need to do once again. Contest threes, get bodies on other players, stay with their guys, stay disciplined. They need to contest threes as much as possible because if the Grizzlies can limit the Kings from being successful from three, that's really going to improve their odds to win this game. So even with the Kings being down several key players, they still could create problems tonight for the Grizzlies if the Grizzlies struggle to defend the three. But if the Grizzlies are successful... That puts them in a better chance to win, and not only that, it allows for them to secure Sunday as being the difference-making game to where they can then rest people on Friday and have the chance to get their main players rested for two days before the Warriors games instead of just one. It's very important for the Grizzlies to win tonight. It gets back to what they've been doing well in the second half of the season for much of the second half of the season in defending the three, and that's the key for the Grizzlies tonight. Defend the three. Establish success in the paint, and off of that, find good shots to hit from three. It should be able to be done as the Sacramento Kings are not that good of a defensive team. And overall, at the end of the day, if the Grizzlies can simply play up to their potential, their talent should win out. And they should not only get a chance to secure the chance for um, Sunday to be meaningful for them, but they'll also lock that Spurs team into the 10th spot in the playoffs. And if the Grizzlies wind up having to play the Spurs, you have to feel that they would be favored and you have to feel good about your chances in a 9-10 game where the Spurs come to visit Memphis if that were to be the case. So the Grizzlies do have a big game tonight. There's a lot on the line, but if they simply play to their potential as we've seen them do more consistently over the past three games, they should be in a very good position to win. Hope you enjoy it. You may not want to call tonight a playoff game, but it feels like that the playoff season is already here, and the Grizzlies have certainly improved their overall play at the exact right time. Hopefully, that'll continue tonight. Hope that you have a great Thursday. You enjoyed the game tonight. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. Wherever podcasts are available, that's where we will be. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your Thursday. And we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.